If we have not yet met yet, my name is Matt. It is a joy to be back with you sharing the word this morning. Uh, can you do me a favor? Can we welcome everyone online real quick and just say, hey. If you're watching online, we love you. We see you. We're glad you're here. We are in week 43 of our Quest 52 Bible study. Now, I'm sure you guys figured this out. That's one week for one chapter for each week in the year. We're in 43 right now, which means it is time to get your Christmas shopping underway, okay? We don't need any stress, last minute deliveries. We don't need it coming down to the wire. So let this be your reminder, it's go time. Now, today's gonna be a little different for a couple reasons. Number one, today we have our chili on the patio event, which means we've got apple, wait, hang on, let me get this right. We got fried biscuits and apple butter from Huber's. We've got chili and all kinds of great stuff, live music out there. So right after this, I hope you came hungry, both spiritually and physically, because we're going to eat today, okay? Uh, what else we got? Oh, this is our communion service. And so our, our goal today is just to develop a biblical and Christ-centered vision for communion. And so, as we said earlier, we're going to slow down today, and it's going to be a shorter message than usual. And then we're going to spend some time really enjoying communion together. And then there's going to be more worship after the server or after the message and everything. So uh, I'm telling you, we we did this last night. And you know, when you start stuff like this, you never really know how it's gonna go. And last night we just had a blast connecting to Jesus, enjoying communion together. So I'm just telling you, you're gonna love what's coming as soon as this message is done. We're gonna be in Luke chapter 22 today. All you Bible people, note takers, underliners, you are my people. That is welcomed here. And taking pictures of the screens, if on your phone, if they have a phrase that you wanna remember, is an acceptable form of note taking in Jesus' name. So that's welcome. To uh, Luke 22, I'm going to pray and then we're going to get after it. Would you pray with me? God and Father, if anything beautiful, transformative, helpful, or lovely is going to happen today, it's going to be by your power. So God, I just get me out of the way this morning and I just proclaim that we need you to show up and teach us as we open up the scriptures today. Would you come and give us a vision for communion, would you come and open our eyes to what Jesus desired when he said, do this in remembrance of me. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, it was July 4th, 2013, when my wife, myself, and our 18-month-old firstborn rolled into San Diego, where we would live and pastor and plant churches for a decade. And I don't know what you know about me, but I grew up surrounded by corn, and my wife is from Indy. And so the proposition of going to California and this change of scenery was something we were excited about. And, you know, we knew palm trees were coming, and we knew the ocean was right there. We did not know, though, that we would be surrounded to our east by a wall of mountains. And we were just taken back by this. And again, I grew up, and if you looked out in any direction, you could just see corn going everywhere. And, and when I get to this place and there's this mountain, uh, to be more specific, the San Miguel Mountain, which was just two blocks from my back patio, just sits over the top of San Diego. It's one of the highest points in the city. We were just thrilled. I could go out in the morning and walk out to my patio with a little cup of coffee and watch the sun come up over that mountain in the east. I could 
go up and they had hiking trails. And so anytime people were visiting us, we would take them to go and hike the mountain and climb it and spend time on it. And for me, I have a terrible sense of direction and you can see this mountain from anywhere in San Diego. So when we're getting acquainted with this new city, if we ever got lost, turned around backwards or anything, you just drive to the mountain and boom, it takes you home. It was this beautiful thing. And we had something bizarre happen though. As we spent more time out there and as the years went by, we grew more and more familiar with the mountain. And people would come visit us and we wouldn't really take them out to climb it. And I'd drive home every day and I wouldn't stop and appreciate it. And this thing that started out with all of this power and presence and and majesty just became mundane, this passing part of our lives that we just kind of ignored. And I start there this morning, my friends, because if we are not careful, communion can become the same way. All of the sudden, this powerful, healing, redemptive practice given to us as a gift from our Savior, Jesus Christ, we call it communion, it can just be relegated into this simple routine moment in service where we just kind of go through the motions and we miss what Jesus had in mind when he gave us communion as a gift. We're in Luke 22. I want to plant us in this passage and develop for us a biblical and Christ-centered vision for communion. More aggressively, I want to recapture what Jesus had in mind when he called us to stop and regularly celebrate the Lord's Supper. We're in Luke 22. There's not enough picture painting or storytelling or detailing I could do to make this evening more important. This is about 24 hours before Jesus would die on a cross. There's an intensity to Jesus. He's focused on that cross. He washes the disciples' feet. He cryptically mentions that somebody in the room that night is going to betray them, him, and he says he wants to eat one last meal with his closest friends And followers, Luke 22, verse 14, says it like this. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup... He gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you for I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now let's begin with the last six words in this passage. What is Jesus calling us to do? He says, do this in remembrance of me. But this is where it gets a little challenging for you and I because the word remember in our culture has run a bit thin. 
And I don't mean this in some sort of Greek Bible language way. I mean this in an American English sense. We have words that become so common, they tend to lose their meaning and their pop with time. Take the word love, for example. The word love runs a bit thin in our culture because, you know, my wife, I I love her. When, When I say I love my wife, I mean I will die for that woman if need be. But I will turn around and say, I love me some biscuits and apple butter from Huber's. That's not the same. The word love runs a bit thin. The pastor, writer, theologian, Tim Keller, speaks of this word remember that we see here. And he says it's the same in our culture. When we hear the word remember, we often think recall. Like I'm going to think back. Do you remember what you had for lunch last week? But that's a little thin. He points out that the true opposite of remember is not forget. The true opposite of remember is to dismember. I'm sorry if this is a little graphic for you this morning, but if my hand were dismembered, that means my hand is separated from my body where where it receives its health, life, and vitality. And if my hand were to be remembered to my body, it would be reattached to its source of life, connection, health, and strength. You guys, when Jesus says, remember me, the invite of communion is not to just kind of stop and recall and picture a mental image of the cross. It's, it's not to picture yourself as if you were that, there at that last supper. That's not the invitation. The invitation to communion is Jesus saying, come to my table. Break away from your life with the stress and pressure and disappointments and anxieties. Come remember yourself to me. Reconnect yourself to me and I will be your source of connection, strength, health, and life. Come and feast on what you really need in me. Guys, that's communion. A holy, spiritual, sacred moment where we together reconnect ourselves to Christ. And in this passage, we see several things that we are to reconnect ourselves to. At communion, I connect to Jesus' sacrifice for me. As Jacob so keenly pointed out last week, this evening, Jesus and his followers are actually celebrating what is known as the Passover feast. And if you don't know Passover, back in Israel's history, if you go to your book in Exodus, then Israel is enslaved in Egypt and they're forced into labor and it's gone on for generations and God steps into history and he moves powerfully to break Pharaoh's grip on the Israelite people and he sends these plagues. There's actually 10 of them and the last of these plagues is this time when God is going to send an angel of death through Egypt and this angel of death is going to bring his wrath and his judgment 
on Egypt. And he says, when this angel comes through, every firstborn man, woman, child, and animal is going to be killed. But he says to Israel, he gives them these special instructions. You're gonna take the blood of a lamb. You're gonna paint it on the sides of your door and above your door. And when that angel comes through with God's wrath and God's judgment, he will pass over houses that are marked by the blood. So this Passover feast is celebrated and commanded back then and celebrated through the years. Jesus is celebrating that feast with his followers. And at a Passover feast, there are several different glasses of wine that are shared throughout the course of the meal. They represented different parts and pieces of the story of the first Passover. On this evening, Jesus takes the cup representing the blood of the lamb put on the doorpost. He picks up that cup and in verse 20, he says these words, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, that's this one, and he says this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Translation. I am the new Passover lamb. In times past, it was a blood of a lamb that freed you from God's wrath, judgment, and death. But now and forevermore, it is my blood that frees you from sin, from death, from wrath, and from judgment. You will now be free by my blood poured out for you. At communion, I reconnect to that. Put differently, I reconnect to my rescue story. I pause and I remember that I was once a selfish, narrow-minded, egotistical, anxious, greedy person. But God pursued me with his love. And he loved me so much, he sent his son to die for me. That blood spilled on the cross was spilled with me in mind. And now by that blood, I have been purchased. I have been healed. I have been free. My punishment went on Jesus and his purity went on me. And I am freed and forgiven by that sacrifice. I connect to that. Lord of the Rings fans, If you remember the second movie, there was that moment when the heroes and the hobbits and little Pippin were held up in the fortress in Gondor. And they were sieged by this Orcan army and it just looked as bad as it could. There's nowhere to go. There's no help. And there's no hope. And as it looks like the end is near, they hear a horn on the distant hill. And over the hill comes the riders of Rohan and they ride in and courageously fight the Orcan army. They break the siege. Many of them lose their lives, but they win that day and Pippin and the other heroes are set free. But if you read the books, there's this beautiful line 
And it explains for the rest of Pippin's life, he couldn't hear a horn blow without breaking into tears. Why? Because it reminded him of his rescue story. My friends, communion is the horn that blows to remind us over and over again of our great rescue story. In my rescue, I did not just receive a new uh, freedom from my sins and a place in heaven one day, although I did. I was also saved into a new identity in Christ. At communion, I reconnect to my true identity in Christ. You know, when I, uh, I'm not teaching here, I, I attend this church. My whole family does. We're Saturday night people, sit right back there, and we like to sleep in on Sunday mornings. God bless you saints for being here this early, but we just ain't got it. But I've noticed something bizarre, and, and I've noticed how I can be here on a weekend and I can worship and I'm around you guys and my heart is full and I'm taught the word and I'm filled up and I've been shocked by how quickly I can leave this place and there's a world out there that is just fighting to define me. There is a real war going on for our identity outside these walls. And when I leave here, my failures tell me I'm a failure. My guilt tells me I'm shameful. My sin tells me I'm a sinner. My, my regrets tell me I'm, I'm not to be known or I, I should be defined by what's happened to me. My career tells me I got to get out there and make something of myself. Culture tells me I don't need God and my masculinity makes me toxic. The algorithms try to tell me what my preferences are. Politicians tell me they'll fix it all if I just trust in them. And at communion, I say, enough. I don't belong to you. Come on. Oh, you, we're not even to the good part yet. I appreciate that, but I mean it. Communion is when I remember that I was redeemed by Jesus' sacrifice. I remember that I was bought at a price and I was claimed by God. I was placed in, my, in his family. I'm a child of God, I'm loved, I'm holy, I'm pure, I'm chosen, I'm clean, I'm the righteousness of God in human form and I am filled with light and life because of Jesus. That's identity. And that's communion. The communion I connect to my future hope. At the Last Supper, Jesus instituted a feast on purpose. This was no accident. It was to look forward to the great feast we will have one day when he returns. We get a taste of this in 1 Corinthians Chapter 11, verse 26, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death, what? Until he comes. You know, at the very end of our Bibles, when we're promised that Jesus is gonna return, and he's going to wipe every tear and heal all disease and do away with pain, fear, hurt, worry, anxiety, depression, and insecurity forever. 
you know what that day is called? Revelation 19, it's called the wedding feast of the Lamb. I feast during communion. And I remember that sacrifice Jesus made bought me a seat at the table of the wedding feast of the Lamb. Pastor Tim Keller says it like this. Communion is the hors d'oeuvres of our future bliss. It is in communion that God whispers, I am unconditionally committed to getting you from here to there. At communion, I look ahead to that day and I remember in the here and now, everything will be okay. And finally, I'm connected to Christ's presence in the present. The book of Ephesians 2, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, what did he do? He made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it's by grace you've been saved. Where do we sit having received Jesus and been cleansed of our sins? We are with Christ. He is with us. And that changes everything. One of my favorite Old Testament passages and probably the most powerful Old Testament moment between Genesis and the kingdom of David is this moment when Joshua leads Israel over the Jordan into the promised land. And God gives Israel specific instructions. He says, before, before I part this river for you, before I hold back its waters, here's what you do. You take the ark, which is my presence, and you walk that ark into the river first. And then you leave the ark there and everyone passes by. And the last thing to be out of this river is the ark of my presence. And God did that specifically to communicate something. He did that to communicate, I'm going before you. And I'm watching your back. But the whole time you're going through it, you are not alone. I'm here with you. Guys, communion is when we hear Jesus say to us, I am here with you. And you remember, you're not alone. There is nothing you're going through that Jesus did not see coming. And there is nothing you can go through that he won't get you through. At communion, I remember myself to the reality of the supremacy of my savior. And so as I mentioned, we're gonna practice just that. We're gonna do this a little differently. I wanna provide something this morning that is so rare these days. We're gonna take some moments to just be quiet and peaceful before God. You can go ahead and grab those communion elements if you have them. 
And then I'm just going to lead us in a moment of stillness. And during that moment, if for you it is remembering your rescue story, reflecting on who you once were, but who you are now because of Christ, I want to invite you to that. If it's remembering that one day because of Jesus there is a feast coming and you've got a seat at that table, I don't want to invite you to sit with that or perhaps for you, you are going through something painful, you are going through something difficult and it's time to sit still, it's time to breathe and it's time to remember that you are not alone. So we'll be still, we'll enjoy communion together, then I'll pray and we're gonna worship. So I wanna invite you into that moment of quiet right now. Would you join me? like to invite you to go ahead and grab those elements right now, open up the side with the bread representing Jesus' body broken for us. When you're ready, feel free to enjoy that together. Go ahead and open that side with the juice. Together we take this, remembering Jesus' blood spilled for our freedom and new life in him. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we bless you today. Together as your people, we say thank you for our great salvation. Thank you for dying the death and receiving the punishment we deserve so we could be made new. God, I pray in our time of worship, you would continue to connect us to the beauty, the power, and the majesty of King Jesus. Father, today from this day forward, would we never see him the same again? It's in his name we pray, amen.